This is the John Oakley Show podcast. What a great ally to, to join the anti-carbon alliance. Yeah. I'll tell you, he, he's going to be there shoulder to shoulder for everyone in the country. We see a blue, just a blue wave going across this and country from west to east. There you go, Doug Ford in the legislature earlier today in the aftermath of Jason Kenney. Basically, uh, really running the table there in Alberta. 60% of the vote. Uh, he's actually done better than that, 60 seats. Now, uh, the Liberals reduced to... Less than 1% of the popular vote. I don't think they have a chair in the legislature there. But a blue wave is what he said. I wanted to use that as our point of departure here as we get into topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636, with our friends John Turley Ewart, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with big, big experience on Bay and Wall Streets. Good afternoon to you, Johnny. Good afternoon. And Ernie Eves, a former premier and finance minister and part of a big blue wave of his own back in the day, weren't you, Ernie? <laughs> As are days long ago. Yeah, yes, well, 81, 95, they weren't too bad. No, but, you know, it was a big blue wave. And now uh, Doug Ford seeing something else like, uh, you know, this is big blue wave 2.0. Uh, do you think there's going to be some, sort of a united front here of uh, conservatives, uh, enough of a critical mass? you got Scott Moe in Saskatchewan and that uh, will augur badly for uh, the federal liberals come the election time. I mean, do you get a sense that there's something turning in the land? Well, I think you now have five provinces with conservative governments. I think that's and they're all on the same wavelength, it would seem, at least as with respect to the carbon tax. So I think uh, Prime Minister Trudeau has his work cut out for him for this October. Well, what does that say to you, John? I mean, the Liberals in Alberta, it was 0.98% of the vote. Well, I mean, the Liberal Party, uh, I don't think it's been strong in Alberta really since uh, Laurier's uh, time. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm not that surprised. Uh, I mean, it was, it was, it's a two-party uh, you know, province. Uh, I think people have to remember uh, the history of Alberta. I was saying to Ernie earlier, before oil, uh, you know, Alberta was very much an economic basket case. Uh, it was led by a fellow called Bible Bill, who was uh, quite a character in Canadian history. And that all plays into the psyche, the history of that province. Uh, without oil, uh, they have to wonder what's their future. And I think that the prime minister hasn't done a very good job of, uh, of speaking to uh, Albertans and making them feel part of the country. Well, all right. And the oil thing is something Jason Kenney is promising that he's going to resurrect in a fashion, uh, if that's possible to do, although there are some detractors and doubters saying that it ain't coming back uh, and it's beyond his control anyway. Uh, you think it is? Oh, I think he's got some levers he can use. I think there's no Such doubt as. about that. Well, I mean, look, he can talk to BC about uh, you know that pipeline going out there and blocking it, uh, whether they wish to continue doing that. He has said he's going to put into play the legislation that would allow him to cut off uh, oil to that province. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw something like that. It maybe not cut all of it off, but start re- start reducing some of that supply. There's other options too if he wants to move out. East, he could, you know, negotiate with the Americans, possibly build a pipeline uh, from Alberta right out to Ontario, then down to New York, and then up into uh, the Maritimes. Wow, uh, that sounds like an expensive proposition. But I mean, uh, so you got this mountain pipeline, the Trans Mountain thing. Uh, although, uh, let me ask you, because Ernie, I'm curious if you think that there's, uh, to John's point, that Jason Kenney. I mean, you were there in the catbird seat as a premier. Can you actually pull enough of those levers? I mean. <laughs> He'd really tick off the province of B.C., but if it comes to that, uh, do you think that's a handy he might play? Well, he's certain, that's certainly a handy he's got to play, and if I was the Premier of British Columbia, I think I'd be paying attention to what might happen to me if I uh, didn't play ball. 
I mean, there are certain things that a provincial premier can do, and in Mr. Kenny's case, he's got perhaps a few more levers than than the average premier may have. There's no doubt about that. But to a certain degree, of course, he's going to always be dependent, at least for the foreseeable future, on the price of oil and what the international market is. The key is to try to get Canadian oil, as you know, which is sold at a huge discount, uh, as high a price as possible. And, of course, pipelines are the solution to that for, for the uh, near future. Uh, also, you should be looking at diversifying your economy. I know it's easy to say, but it takes a long time to do, and I'm sure he's thinking about that at the same time. Um, I was talking to John earlier before we came on about the, I hadn't heard about the Premier of Quebec's reaction to uh, to Jason Kenney's speech last night, but uh, yeah, we're supposed to be a united country. You're supposed to, there's lots of things that people in other parts of Canada do virtually every day for the province of Quebec. Um, so certainly they could perhaps do something to help other parts of, uh, of of the country. And if you had to go to the extreme that John is suggesting, and that is building a pipeline from west to east, bypassing the province of Quebec, I think it would be hugely, if they don't seem to be embarrassed, but I certainly would be hugely embarrassed if I was the premier of Quebec. Um, it's possible. I'm, it's going to be somewhat expensive, mm-hmm. but not impossible. Well, all right. You know, the whole idea of fossil fuels, uh, it's sort of become a lightning rod here in the country, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. And we've seen here in our own province, Doug Ford says he's going to have an ally in Jason Kenney now fighting the carbon tax as well. Matter of fact, there's been a series of radio ads that have just come out. Uh, don't know if we've got the clip at the ready, but I wanted to play it for you and see what you'd make of uh, the province of Ontario's carbon tax radio ad. Give a listen. With the federal government's carbon tax, you'll pay more for heating your home, for driving your kids to school, and for groceries. This will result in the average family paying $648 a year by 2022. Ontario has a better way, holding the biggest polluters accountable, reducing trash, and keeping our lakes clean. A carbon tax isn't the only way to fight climate change. Find our plan at Ontario.ca slash environment plan. Paid for by the Government of Ontario. All right, well, there you go. Let me ask you, I mean, do you think that's effective, impactful? Uh, They say it's a tax because the feds disavow that. They don't think it's a tax. And this is sort of part of the whole court challenge, you know, whether the feds have the right to impose a tax unilaterally on the provinces. John, how do you see it? It's a tax. Uh, there's no doubt it's a tax. And and here the hypocrisy of this is the, the thing that I, I would argue is upsetting people on both sides of this debate with regards to the federal government. For instance, you get stuck with the tax, your your food bills go up, your heating bills go up, that's annoying. Uh, suggesting you have to wait till you do your taxes to get your money back, that's annoying. Um, on the other side, if you want to see carbon emissions reduced, you have to say, well, you're giving people money back. How is that incentivizing them to go to different modes of transportation exactly. so they don't use oil and gas? It makes no sense. So you know, it's either you go one way or the other. Uh, you can't, on the one hand, pretend by putting prices up and then slipping money back into people's pockets in the backside um, and, and say that you're really trying to incentivize them. It's nuts. Yeah, it sounds counterintuitive. I'm wondering, Ernie, how you look at it uh, with this gas tax uh or, you know, at the pumps, they've got the stickers now uh, under penalty of fines as high as $10,000, we're told. You know, the imposition on maybe private businesses or corporations to either uh, comply or get fined. 
I'm not a fan of that, to be honest with you, you know, where government uses a, a certain type of coercion. Uh, but then again, that's what taxation is all about. Uh, how do you see it with these uh, pump stickers? Are they a, an effective way to win the hearts and minds, and including this ad? I mean, in this campaign, uh, do you think the conservatives of Doug Ford are going about it the right way? Well, I don't think I would have done the sticker for the, for the pumps. I don't think I would have done that. And I don't know if it's actually going to stand up to a, to a legal challenge or not. But with respect to the ad, I'm all in favor of it. I mean, you have the federal government out there advertising their carbon reduction program, which is really a tax. I agree with John. There's no doubt that it's a tax. And I don't know if that's going to stand up to a court challenge either. I don't know how the federal government can come along and say, we're going to impose a tax, but only upon five provinces who haven't played ball the way we want them to play ball. They may be doing other things, and, and we're the sole arbiters to whether they're playing ball properly or not. And so we'll. how can you impose a tax like that? I don't think it's constitutional. It's not fair. It either applies to all provinces, everybody's the same. Can you have a different set of income tax rules? We don't like the way the province of British Columbia does their income tax, so we're going to have a special income tax levy for the people of British Columbia because we don't like the way they do their income tax out there. I mean, it, it, it's it's unfair. I don't think it's a level playing field, and I, I'll be surprised if it stands up to legal challenges. Well, that's right. It's in court now. This is day three, and uh, that's the whole argument. Who has jurisdictional right here? Uh constitutionally i mean it's mm -hmm. you know it's not even uh trying to win the hearts and minds so much of whether or not you think it's going to be effective in fighting climate change it really drills down on what does the constitution give you the authority to do correct and i i, I would argue that uh, these kind of debates have happened since confederation and they're important because we set out the boundaries of of jurisdiction and what the federal government can do what a province can do it's essentially making sure we all understand the rules so i really have no issue with them taking them to court on this all right. Uh, well, we've got more important stuff, too, that we've got to address. More topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. Ernie Eves, John turley Ewart still awaiting the arrival of Dan Moulton, the uh, consultant at Crestview Strategy, if he makes his way in through the traffic. If not, we soldier on. More in a moment. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Friends, today Albertans have chosen hope over fear and unity over division. They have chosen free enterprise values over the politics of resentment. They have rejected the politics of personal destruction. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.